So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. We magnify you. We glorify your precious name. Just thanking you, Lord God, that your love fills this place, that your presence of the Holy Spirit fills this place, Lord God. And even in this moment right now, we can feel your loving arms wrapped around us. I pray that everyone does, that it settles our mind, our hearts, and our souls right now before you, Lord God. It settles us in a place of rest and peace right now, that as your word come forth, that it can just rest upon us, that it can saturate us, Lord God, and that we can receive it above all things, Lord God. And just, just as the song says, that in receiving your word, Lord God, and for what you send it out for, Lord God. And as it rests upon our hearts, Lord God, that it changes us. That it rearranges us, Lord God. That in that, it'll, that we'll never be the same, oh Lord. So speak by your spirit. Truth, Lord God. That we can receive, Lord God. That will lead us. And, and guide us into the days ahead, Lord God. See, for you know what tomorrow brings, Lord God, while we don't. So give us what we need, Lord God. Feed us with the bread of life, Lord God. That we may be full and ready, Lord God, to be useful for your kingdom. Today, tomorrow, and going forth, Lord God. So, Lord, we need you right now. If you don't do it, it cannot be done, Lord God. So with every heart open, every ear open, Lord God, to receive, we just invite you to have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory be to God. All right, so this week we're going to continue. It's actually like a, a spinoff from last week's message. The title of the message this, uh, last week was uh, Sanctification Without Transformation. And in the uh, uh, sanctification, if it's without transformation, then it equals what God showed us last week, Josh, was that it equals a vessel that is unfit for the master's use. On this week, as a spinoff, God is saying we have the same, uh, virtually the same title of the message, but with a twist. It says sanctification with transformation. Sanctification with, somebody say with. with. See, with transformation, and what that equals, it equals a vessel that is fit for the master's use. And that is one that, that, that's you and me, and that's what God has called each and every one of us for. So if you will, turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 is our text verse, and, we'll, and we're only using that as a text just to lay a foundation as we did last week, and we're going to move quickly before this uh, or forward. I'm going to share some of the things that we talked about on last week because it's essential. Uh, for our understanding, I'm going to be moving a little bit faster because we went over some of this stuff last week. And if you uh, weren't here, then please get the CD and it'll help you. But I'm not going to leave you hanging. So uh, we're going to or God is not going to leave us hanging because he is going to cover the essential parts of this. There's a it's key in our age or in this generation, my friend. I just want uh, to say this real quickly. We live in a generation uh, that if we look around, that evil and wickedness is at an all-time high. Yeah. 
You know, the Bible, we, we can remember back in the Old Testament when, uh, you know, actually right before the flood, when, when the Lord was looking upon the earth and he was looking for just even a few men that, that he could, you know, that would be faithful enough that he could trust in that would stop him from uh, or withhold him from flooding the earth. And, and, and the Bible speaks of it in Genesis that, 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 that evil was so prevalent on the earth that, that he couldn't just basically he couldn't find none. That evil was present and it was that it was so present and that the heart of man was so wicked that it brought about God destroying the earth and all mankind except Noah and his sons and their wives obviously we know uh, in there but my friends we live in a time where all of this stuff has resurfaced it's just been calculated through the uh, time and it, and it adds up even to a time right now that God, I know that he's looking upon the face of the earth. And the good news is now that, may, that because of the blood of Christ Jesus, that what he can't, could not see then that he can see now. And it ain't because of how good you are. It ain't because of how good I am, but it's because the blood shed of Christ Jesus that gives God a new perspective to look to or to be able to see so he can see something uh, uh, this good. Come on, somebody. He can see some things. He can see something in the heart of man that's good, but it ain't because of uh, your heart that you had it, it, without the blood of Christ Jesus. It's because the new heart that God has given us because of the, uh, the, the blood of Christ Jesus. Because we have been washed in the blood. And thank God for that because otherwise, then, man, it'd be time for another cleansing, huh? He said he ain't going to do that. Uh, the next time he do that, it's going to be a wrap. But surely, and I'm only saying that because the heart of man, we, well, we deal with it. We, we uh, see it, and many of us are affected by it every single day, the wickedness of man. And there are so many, of, so many reasons, and that's not the message, so I'm not even going to go down that road, but there are so many reasons that, have, that, that, that Satan has used and devices that Satan has used music, social media, and all of these different things, you know, while music is, is good because God created it and, and it was always a blessing to him. While social media is, is good and can be used for some good things, but there's the presence of the enemy that is using it for some of the worst things that, that's under the sun. And it's exposing people to all types of foolishness. You know, so it, what it has done is it, it's escalated wickedness. That would, that would be for social media, if I was a wicked man, then I only can affect those that was in my city, in my home, or in, you know, in my perimeter. But now, being a wicked man, I, I can affect somewhere way in Russia or, or China somewhere because of social media. You see what I'm saying? Just very simple. And so now we see the device that Satan is using or one of the devices that he's using to spread the wickedness. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why we can say that it's at an all-time high. It wasn't like that in, in the days uh, before Noah. You know, it wasn't like that, but it, the heart of man was wicked. But it wasn't because it wasn't spread out so fast and it wasn't affected one by one or the other because they didn't have that. So just a, a tidbit to keep in mind as we move through this. But in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, if you are there, as our text verse, it says this, that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, 
I, that's God, sanctified you. This is God speaking of Jeremiah and, to, uh, and through the, the, the prophet Jeremiah. And I said it even on last week that we, some of you Bible students know that Jeremiah was not only just a prophet to the nations, but he was also a priest unto the, uh, the, the nation of Israel as well. But God says not only to him, but for each and every one of us as he speaks to us today, that as his chosen one, that he had sanctified Jeremiah and sanctified uh, means, let's go over some of the definitions that sanctified means. In general, since sanctified means to cleanse, purify, or make holy. Did you get that? Sanctify in a general sense means to cleanse, to purify, or make holy. A, a second definition of sancti sanctify is to separate, to set apart, or point to a holy or sacred or religious use. Separate, set apart, or point to a holy, sacred, or religious use. Here in, in, in Jeremiah chapter 1, th this is what sanctify specifically means in there, that God, before he, he was even formed in the womb, God had already sanctified him. And sanctified here means that he had already separated, he had already set him apart and appointed Jeremiah for a holy and a religious use or his use. And for each and every one of us as believers, you have been sanctified and you're not sanctified because of what you accomplished. You are sanctified because of what he's already did. See, this is very key in, in because we, we live in a time now, even as it pertains to the church or even in the church, there's many of us before, and this is why God has to speak this word. So I need, that's why he prayed that every heart is open to be able to receive. That no pride can stand in his way of him proclaiming the truth of what he wants to proclaim to us. That it, and, and he goes and he gave us a scripture from way back, way before your time, my friend. Going all the way back to the prophets. And Jeremiah wasn't the only one. All of them. It was him that sanctified him. See, because when we read in the book of Ezekiel, then we read the same thing that God beforehand, he formed. Those that he, 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 that he knew beforehand that he, and he had chosen, to, he, had, he set them apart. He sanctified them for his use. And right now, I want to share with you something that's very significant to our understanding. And that is that uh, sanctification is what God does. It's not what we do. We're just going to get some clarity right now. Sanctification, see, because when we begin to look at what sanctification really is, then we understand that sanctification is the process of what God does in one's life in there, and he does it for a particular use in there. And so one, here's the thing that I want to really get to our understanding is that when we're talking about sanctification in there, then understand this, that sanctification is for the sanctifier, the one, the sanctifier is the one who's orchestrating sanctification. And so in this sense, then we're talking about God, the creator of all things. He is the sanctifier. So the, and he it being the sanctifier, he takes what he wants to sanctify and he sets it apart. That he does this. So the sanctified thing is not the sanctifier, everybody. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness? 
Understand that that which is being sanctified is not the sanctifier. It's not the, the designer. So the designer, the creator, is the one that does this. And we said God spoke to us even on last week because there's things that you in your own home that you can take and set apart. Okay? There's, there's things that you as the sanctifier can sanctify. You can take it and you can set it apart for a particular use. You can clean it up. You can purify it. You can do all of that. But the purpose of the sanctifier when he does this is for himself. So those us being the sanctified, we have been set apart for the use of the sanctifier. Come on, somebody. This is good news, my friend, and it is worth our understanding that we've not been sanctified for, for, for ourselves, for the use of ourselves, because we live in a time right now in the church that many don't really understand this because they've been saved sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. And because they haven't, you know, that's what they've heard. That's what's been said. And so they've been led to believe some things, but God is here to set the record straight, my friend. It's easy to understand that I've been saved. You know that God did that because you know that you ain't saved yourself. So that one we can get. But when it comes to sanctified, then somehow we think that it's something about what we did. No, you've been saved by God, you've been sanctified by God, and you've been filled with the Holy Spirit by God. It's God that has done this. So it's none of these that we've done on our own, my friend. None, none of it have we done on our own. Here's another, a third uh, definition is to purify, to prepare for divine service for partaking of holy things. Number four, a fourth one is to separate ordain and appoint to the work of redemption and the overseeing or the governing of the church. This is what, this is what sanctified, the definition of sanctified. To separate, ordain, this is what God does, and appoint to the work of redemption and the overseeing of the church. And number five that I wrote down here is to cleanse from corruption. This is beauty. To cleanse, sanctify is to cleanse from corruption, to purify from sin, to make holy by detaching the affections from the world and its defilements and exalting them to a supreme love to God. So with that understanding, then we want to talk about what sanctification as it pertains to the church specifically. I want to show you this. Therefore, we can conclude that sanctification is the act of God's grace by which the affections of men, that's you and me, are purified. So let me say this again. Sanctification is the act of God's grace. So it's not the act that you, or, or the process that you go through, or the process that you perform, or the work that you do, but it's the act of God's grace by which the affections of men are purified and alienated from sin 
and the world and exalted to a supreme love to God. So let's, let, let me, let's break that down, my friend. Sanctification is, 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 is what God does. And he does it by his grace. And, and, and what he does is he takes your affections, the affections of you and me. Come on, somebody. The affections. See, because some of us have affections. We have affections, whether you realize it or not, okay? My friends, he takes your affection. This is what God does. I got to stop right there because, see, some of us are still battling right now. No, it's not what you, you, it ain't that you take your affections. But he takes your affections. Understand this. this we're talking about sanctification. Remember what sanctification, the definitions is, is that him, the sanctifier, the designer, that, he's, uh, that he separates, that he sets apart. So in him setting apart, this is what he's actually doing. He's taken, by his grace, he's taken your affections. Okay? And, and, and with this, your affections, he's purifying them. And he's, and, 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 and he's purifying them from sin and he's alienating them from the ways of the world. This is what God has done. Now that we are sanctified, so understand this, this is what God has done. And not only did he take your affections and, and, and he moves them away from the desire that you had for sin in the world. See, come somebody, you got to understand that before you were sanctified, that you had, whether you realize it or not, whether you want to admit it or not, that your affections were to sin and the world. See, that's why the Bible tells us that we were born into sin, shaped in iniquity. See, and I like to say it ain't our fault. It was Adam's fault, but if every one of us would have been Adam, so it is what it is. I'll just leave that right there. You can deal with it yourself. But we're all guilty of sin. Glory be to God. Is the fact of the matter. But the good news is that in our sanctification, and see, God is what he's delivering unto you today and to us is that he's wanting you to know who you are in him. That this is what he's already done, my friend. He's took your affections that was, a, that was pointed towards sin in the ways of the world, and he purified them, he alienated them, and he took them, and he wrapped them in, and, and he exalted them in a supreme love towards him. This is what God is doing. So this is what you have inside of you and operating in you right now. Because you've been sanctified. Hallelujah. This is what God has done. And, and we talked about it last week. It's like he moved us from one state to another state. And like he told us last week, he, this state that he moved us to, it ain't called Texas. It ain't called Illinois or Michigan either, doggone it. This state that he moved us from is called darkness. And he moved us to a new state called the marvelous light, my friend. That's the state that we live in now. And because we live in that state, there's another part to his sanctification. And, and this is just, man, this is good news. It gives me chills because just for us to you know, while we've always had a sense of what sanctification is, we knew about the setting apart. But the thing about it is, is it, even in the depths of our heart, if we really knew in the depths of our heart this, if we really knew it, what is happening from one day to the next, 
We're not living from the depths of our hearts. So we're living from uh, the, the, the surface of our hearts. And it's leading us on a journey, just like, like all the, the surface people in there, in the church, that, that, that has left us at a place of, uh, that, with a mindset of sanctification, like something that we got to do. And it becomes our motivation to be sanctified. And so, and, and so in, in our motivation to be sanctified, then we relate it to don't do this, don't do this, that I, or I stop doing this and I stop doing that. And the problem with that is this, that. The problem with that is, is what you stop doing. And what, and what you stop doing, guess who it glorifies? Glory be to God. It glorifies you. What, what, what God has stopped and you recognize it and you begin to live in it, that glorifies him. I better say that one again. Somebody missed it. See, what God has already done, what he's already stopped, the place that he's already moved you from. And when we recognize it and begin to live from that place, that glorifies God. Guess why? Because we realized that when we moved over here, that we didn't move. It wasn't us. I didn't get me a van. I didn't get rid me a, a truck and pack my stuff up. It was somehow one day from one day to the next, I was supernaturally moved. And we know that that's God because you know that you just woke up, you know, and, and, and you was in a new place. So, you know, and you know that you were asleep all night. So, you know that you didn't do that. It was God himself that glorifies God. In there, my friends. So as we have the understanding of sanctification right before us, it takes us to understand what's linked to that. Because when God sanctifies us, then what he wants to have happen in our lives, what he expects to have happen in our lives, is that he, he, he did something else. When he sanctified us, he also transformed us. He did. God, see... I know this is good because, see, some, some of us, and I understand it. You notice I said I didn't say some of you. I said some of us. Us mean that includes me. That we, even if we got to this understanding of sanctification, then we, as far as the transformation, then it was something that, okay, now I got to transform myself. Wow. Turn your Bibles. To first or second Corinthians actually. Second Corinthians chapter three. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse seventeen. I'm gonna go there with you. See, God sanctified us, and he also transformed us. And I know the dilemma is in the church that even once we got an understanding of the fact that God is the one who sanctified us, then we feel like we got we to gotta transform ourselves. 
And I understand how we got there. And that's why he's going to show us this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, the Lord is the spirit. That's talking about Jesus. He is the spirit. And where the spirit of Jesus or the Lord is, there's liberty. In verse 18, it says, but we all, that's you and me, with unveiled faces, behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. The Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The Lord is the spirit. Where the spirit of Jesus is, there's liberty. And we behold this liberty. We behold Jesus himself with unveiled faces. It says, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. We are being transformed as we look in the mirror of glory. As we look in the mirror upon glory, this Jesus himself. This is what God accomplished for himself in Christ Jesus. Therefore, now that we have been sanctified, we, and, and if we understand transformation, then it puts us at a place that we can be now vessels that is fit for the master's use. Because see, in transformation, then we understand what it leads us to understand is that uh, God, as he sanctified us, separated us, ordained us, appointed us for a certain use. And then in, him, in that, he showed us his son that he, had already, he accomplished it in. And he says, now I moved you into the sun. You're in this state now. So if you see the sun, then you'll see yourself. Come on, somebody. And in seeing yourself, then you'll know that you have been transformed, that I transformed you from that to this. And then now you have the right. Come on, somebody say right. To live from where I placed you at. And see, this right didn't come to you because you earned it. It didn't come to you because you bought it. This right didn't come to you because you deserved it. It became to us because of what Jesus accomplished for God by God's grace. We know that part. This is, yeah, this is a tough transition right here. It's tough because we've lived so long thinking that we got to do something to, 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 to deserve something, to be in something but what God is telling you right now that you ain't did nothing deserve it to earn it but it's what I did a part of sanctification that uh, you know that we talked about last week is is that in sanctification you know that we can receive the, uh, how we receive sanctification is that it's by the spirit the, in the word of truth it's by the washing uh, by the word come on and in that Washington word, it says that, uh, in, I think it's in 1 Peter, that it takes that it now, if you receive it and believe it. Yes. See, the belief of the truth is what gives, what activates God to do this. The picture that he paints to us is this. It's, it's the same picture of salvation, my friend. It's like if you picture you at, in, in your home and here comes, here's somebody at the door. We're talking about Jesus now. He's at the door. Now, you, have, you, you can go to the door and open the door. Now, it's up to you or if you're going to let him in. And so when you open the door, you see, oh, this is Jesus. 
man, this is everything that I need. This is everything that I want. This is it. Jesus is salvation. But the truth of the matter is, is even if you open the door, you got to receive him and let him in. And when you let him in, then what was out, that salvation that was outside of the door, sanctifying everything that it touched, now it's inside. And it's sanctified everything that's on the inside now. That's you and me, my friends. And now that we received him, as Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of your works, lest any one of us should boast, right? So now that we have received that, then this is what activates or allows God to do what he's doing. He sanctified us, now we're being transformed. And see, some of us have been confused about transformation. And we've been confused about transformation because we didn't truly understand sanctification. And it left us at a state, just like it did for sanctification, that we got to do something. See, look at Romans chapter 12 now. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. <clears throat> this is good stuff, my friend. Life changing. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And this is the, where it has left many of us confused at because of how we didn't heard the word proclaimed. And this Romans chapter 12 is a powerful passage of scripture. It's life changing. But we have to make sure we understand and receive the revelation in context. As you get there, Romans chapter 12. Actually, I'll start at verse 1 so we can make sure. We'll clean up some other stuff on the way down the journey, Brad. In verse 1 of Romans chapter 12, everybody there, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. This is Paul writing to the Romans and writing to you and me, and he's pleading from the bottom of his heart. I beseech you, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God. See, because this part of the scripture has been misinterpreted because we didn't understand salvation, then what we took is that now I got to present myself a living sacrifice by making myself, but I got to make myself holy. I got to make myself acceptable unto God. And a living sacrifice, so what I did, take that living sacrifice and me having to do this, then so I started doing all of this stuff on the outside that you can see. So I stopped drinking, I stopped doing this, I stopped cussing, I stopped showing out. All of this stuff that's on the outside. And I call myself now, with my chest stuck out, I'm a living sacrifice. Look at me. You still doing this, you still doing that, but look at me. I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I am. I don't know about you. You got to still work on some stuff. I seen you, boy. Come on, somebody. And that's because we didn't understand what sanctification is. And then let's look, look as you continue to go, go forward. It says, which is your reasonable service? But let me explain to you anything before we even move forward. The, the living sacrifice is not speaking unto how you can clean yourself up on the outside. But it's talking about how you can understand what God has done that you can live from it from on the inside, my friend. That's going to produce the love of God. That's in Christ Jesus. That's going to change the way you start, that you talk to somebody now. 
It ain't going to just change the stuff that you do, but it's going to change what you do from the inside that affects other people. It's going to produce the love of God. Come on, somebody. And it's going to put a stamp on it. That I ain't, you know, and it's going to give you an understanding that what Christ has done by the blood and the washing of the, uh, of, uh, of the word, what he's done for me, that I can't go back and redo it all over again like I can do it better than he did and make it more acceptable to God. See, because that, that's what the blood of Christ Jesus did. It, the Bible says that it removed your sin away far as the east is from the west. That it wiped all your transgressions away. All of them. And all of them mean the ones that you did, the ones you're doing now, and ones that you was going to do. When you received Christ Jesus, that he did that. So how is it that you can go back and do it better? Don't make sense, though. See, the living sacrifice ain't you uh, and, and you uh, proving to God that you're worthy of forgiveness of sin because you can stop. No, the living sacrifice is will you give me your heart today? Will you give me your life? It, it's your, the living sacrifice is what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says in verse 15 that we, who, those of us that was rose with Christ, you know, because we died with him. And now that we, he is risen, that we rose with him. That we should no longer live for ourselves. Once you come into this, uh, uh, this relationship with God and you give and you accept him in your house, you receive him. Glory be to God. That your life don't belong to you no more. See, it's talking about your life don't belong to you no more. They ain't talking about how much sin that you can fix. But that you do not belong to yourself. And that you should no longer live for yourself, but for him who died for you and rose again, is what the Bible says there. So the living sacrifices, are you a vessel that is fit for the master's use? Is what it boils down to. Are you going to do it your way? Or are you going to uh, submit to the Lord and do it his way? Because not only did he sanctify you, he says, I'm tra I transformed you also, my friend. And let's see it right here. Now that we can understand, look, now we can understand truly what verse 2 says. And it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what that means now that we understand is this, is the, see, and here's another confusion. Oh, I got to be transformed, so here's something I got to do. No, it's by the renewing of your mind. It says if you get the right understanding and then stop walking in, in uh, the lack of understanding, See, and all you're getting, wisdom tells us to get an understanding, my friend. Yeah. And in getting an understanding, then guess what'll happen? Then you'll know that it ain't you being transformed in any, or you transforming anything. It's you having a renewed mind that allows you to see that you've been transformed. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? Not, uh, did he say be transformed by how good you can be now? How much sin you can stop? Then that's going to be your transformation. No, it says by a renewed mind. And the renewed mind comes one way and one way only. And that's by the spirit of the living God through understanding. And he's giving it to us today that you are not sanctified because you sanctified yourself. You are not transformed because you transformed yourself. You are transformed by a new understanding, my friend, that is already done in Christ Jesus. And that's the place that you live already. Ain't that good news? 
So you don't have to sanctify yourself. You don't have to transform yourself. Oh, somebody feeling really good right now. Man, Jesus, he done it all. I ain't got to do nothing. Wrong. You do got to do something. And it's right here before us. It says, look at verse 2 again. It says, and do not be conformed. So what do I got to do? Not be conformed? So I do got to do something. See, because me not conforming to the world is what allows me to have a renewed mind to see that I'm already been transformed. So I do got to do something. And, 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 and so here's, as we get ready to close here, my friend, let us understand what uh, transformation is. You might want to drop this down as well. Transformation in theology is a change of a man's heart. Oh, I could have flipped it over. I know. Man, thank you, babe. You seen me do that last week. Last week I did the cool thing. See, this just flips over like this. Bam! Yep, and then I can flip it again. See? And she said, you're doing all of the work the wrong way when you can do it the right way, huh? Yeah. Amen. So transformed. In, the, in theology or from a theology uh, of you know, the right standpoint is a change of heart in a man. Transformation is a change of heart in a man. And I'm making it very clear. We are, that's why I, before I even showed you the thing, I wanted to allow God to speak to our hearts. Because even this change of heart in a man is not what you did. It's what he did. When you received him, he changed your heart. Remember we talked about how he changes your heart, uh, how, and this is directly related to sanctification because it's what God does with a the, with the man's affections. How he took his affections and he, made, he, he wiped that off of it. He cleansed it from that and he, and he dipped it in this and exalted. He dipped it in his love towards himself. God is awesome. Transformation is a change of a man's heart that God done by which his disposition and his temper or temperament are conformed to the divine image. I'm going to say it again. A change of a man's heart. God did that part. By which his disposition and his temperament are conformed to a divine to the divine image, the image of his son. God did that. So again, well, if God did that, then what do I got to do? I'm glad you asked. Is you got to walk in it. You got to live in it. You got to live from where God has moved you to, the state that he moved you out of and moved you in. You got to live in that state and not try to take off from that state and go back to this state. Or not be in this state and live as though you are in that state. And that's what much of the church is doing right now, my friend. Because we are ignorant to the facts. And ignorant don't mean dumb or stupid. It means not knowing. Because we are ignorant to the facts. So we are, he's moved us over here and we living like we still over there. So the part that we have to do is now that he lived, moved us over here, that we have to conform to living here. What does conform mean? 
Glory be to God. I'm glad you asked that as well. Conform means to, to comply with or yield to. See, this is what we got to do. Comply with or yield to. The second one is to live or act according to divine image. The third one is to comply with, to obey. That's what conform means, to obey, to comply with, obey. As to conform, you know, here's an example. As to conform to the laws of the state. See, you do that. So the, the part that we have to do is to not be conformed to the world, but be conformed to the state that he moved us to. To be conformed to the transformation, my friend. This is awesome news, my friends. You don't have to do anything but live from where God has placed you at. He's done all the work. Because we couldn't do it anyway. And this is your reasonable service. And, it's the, and, and this is what you must do. Is live from the place that God has placed us at. And, so, and you know why we having a hard time doing it because we're trying to not live from the place that God places us at. We're trying to live to, uh, in a way to get to the place that God has already placed us at. See, we're fighting the wrong fight. It's like we're trying to do something that has already been done. Have you ever tried to do that? It doesn't work. You can't do what has already been done. You can spend all your days trying, but it's already done. And then at the end of your day, you're going to find out, oh, that was already done. And then what you find out, I've wasted all my time yes. is what I've done. Yes. I've wasted all of it. And this is a serious message, my friends. So this ain't just something for us, an uh, educational message for us to know. This is something for, for our lives to change, my friend. And God is serious about this. He's serious about a life change in us. That we change our lives. Don't not just be hearing of the word, but certainly become to this place of doing what the word is saying. We have to move to this place. We have to move to this place. We can, you can no longer stay where you at. And it's a, and it's a it's, I mean, it's, it's a, uh, man, it's an abomination to the Lord if we try to stay where we at after it been given the truth. It's, you, you, it's impossible to do that. It's foolish for us to do that. And in closing here, this is, 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 is essential. Jesus said it, you know, as he, in Ephesians chapter 5, you know, where he speaks to uh, the word of God, was speaking to a man and how, in, 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 uh, how he should love his wife and all of these different things. But the Bible says also then that of, of, of Christ, how he sanctified the church. He did this. It says he sanctified the church. And God has. Thank you, Lord. Come on in, brother. You all good? God has sanctified the church. This is what he has done. And we got to know and understand, my friend, that it, as he has done this, then now we can turn our focus on the part that we're supposed to do. And, and why this is essential. And the big part of, uh, this is where the rubber meets the road at. Is that as we turn our attention to where our focus is supposed to be, is that's conforming to the world, I mean conforming to him and not to the world, then what, what is happening is, is that we're not trying to do something that is already done. We're not trying to do something that's impossible for us to do. We're actually doing the part that we're supposed to do in there. And that's what blesses the Lord. And what is happening in the church with us 
as the body of Christ, and this is where our frustration has come, is because we tried to do what God has already done. We're trying to sanctify ourselves, and He already did that. And so when we fall down, while you're trying to sanctify yourself, which you're going to fall down, while you're trying to sanctify yourself because you don't know he's done it, then guess what happens? Then you begin to, you know, the Bible tells us that we, there's no condemnation. But the problem is, is that when we fall down because we really have a heart to sanctify ourselves, then we begin to condemn ourselves. Or that opens the door for Satan to lie to you that you, see, you ain't no good. You can't purify yourself because see, sanctification, he'll, he'll tell you what it is. It's to set yourself apart. It's to cleanse yourself. It's to purify yourself. And you can't do it. Look at you. And boy, we are, you're talking about a, bond, a, 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 a captured by a, 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 a bondage. It's because we're trying to do what God has already done. And it's impossible. And, and, and God is saying, no, I need you to see this. Because this is what's happening in our lives that when we don't do, achieve, and all of this different stuff, it, 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 how it makes us feel. But God is saying, but now look at the other hand. If you look at conforming to what I've already done. See, I've already done it, and all you got to do is conform to it. You got to comply with it. You got to obey it. Now, when you fall down, then Satan can't lie to you because, you know what? Just like, because now I have a right to conform to what God has already done. And my right to conform don't mean that I'm going to be perfect in my confirmation. That, but it means that I'm on my journey. I'm talking about for those of us that really have a heart. You can understand what I'm talking about. It's, it, it wipes away the condemnation. It brings forth some conviction that will compel you to, man, I better get back up so I can finish this race. I can't stay here is what it tells you. I got to get up. Glory be to God. And, 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 and it wraps itself in the fact that I can get up. I have the right to get up. God, Jesus has given me the freedom to give up. To get up. To get up. To get up, my friend. And it ain't no time for condemnation. What it's time for is, 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 is what we realize more than anything with this is that if God has done this, he's done all of it. He, he saved me. He sanctified me. He transformed me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. And now I can live in the purpose of him filling me with the Holy Spirit is for the Spirit to guide me and lead me through my journey of conforming to the image of the Son. In there. And then when I fall down, he says, come on, son, get back up. We got to keep on moving because we got more work to do. He don't go and hold you and put his foot on your neck and, and say, see, I told you, you can't do it. He goes and grabs your hand and he said, come on. We got to go. We can't stay here. We got to move and we got to move quickly. This is awesome news, my friend. And it sets the tone for one thing and one thing only. It shows us the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. It shows us what we sung about, a loving him. And see, and when we have, when we know him and we understand these things, then it, it builds up our love for him. That's going to compel us that if we, when we make a mistake, then we, it's the love of God that's in Christ Jesus that compels us to get up. Come on. It's that love that he has for us, that he, what he's done, that compels me that I can't stay in this place. And what it speaks to more than anything is my time 
of my, the rest of my time to stay here, that I realize it ain't about me, that now I can be used as a vessel that is truly fit for the master's use because it removes all of me out the way and it replaces me with the spirit, him, 100%. Have your way, Lord. Use me, oh God. And we ain't just saying that for us to, for something for ourselves now. For me to get a promotion. Use me, Lord, so I can get a promotion. No, it ain't got nothing to do with you. It gives you an understanding that truly, I'm talking about truly now, that your life here, the number one thing about life is that the Father have his way in your life. That it ain't no job, it ain't no uh, relationship, it ain't nothing above the purpose in which God is working in your life here. Ain't nothing above that. And matter of fact, what it does, it, it sets in order your relationships, your jobs, and all of these other things. This is where we are, my friend. And we cannot deny where we are. We have to live from where we are. We have, it's our job to conform to where, what God has already done in our lives, that we begin to now yield to that. Yield. This is why Bible study is important. This is why the, knowing the voice of the spirit of the living God is important that so we can constantly be in yield mode. Because he's working a purpose in this. He didn't just sanctify you for yourself. He didn't just sanctify you or transfer you, transform, transform you for yourself. Remember what, what sanctify means that he, he transforms us or, or, or he sets us apart for a use. And the use ain't your use, it's his use. You have been set apart for a use. And the good news is before you was even born in your mother, formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. He knew this day. He knew this time and he knew what he wanted to get out of each and every one of our lives. The question is, will we comply? Will we yield? Will we obey? Meaning, will we conform? Will we conform to the image that God has already destined us to, divined us to, sent us to, made us into? That we, it says in, in Romans, also in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, and we'll close here, skip a couple verses back. Now this is really set the tone to your understanding. See, because we understand what verse 27, 28 says. We want to, well, we understand it in our way. <coughs> we, matter of fact, we was here on Thursday night. And this was huge. I don't have time to go through all the Thursday night, but look at verse 27 of Romans chapter 8. It says, now he who searches the heart knows the mind of the spirit, uh, of the spirit. But what the spirit, excuse me, knows what the mind of the spirit is. Because he makes intercessions for the saints. That's the spirit of the living God. Makes intercessions for us. Guess what? It is not according to your will that he makes intercession. It's according to the will of God that he makes intercessions for you. In verse 28 it says, And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are be called according to his purpose. We talked about this in detail. And it's really deep. But I came here for verse 29. It says, for whom he foreknew. For whom he foreknew. Remember what he told Jeremiah? I foreknew you even before you was formed in your mother's womb. Yeah. 
For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. What does that mean? That, that he had a destination beforehand in mind for you. For you. For you. God already had a destination set for you or in mind for you. I ain't going to use the word set because then some people won't think like then God going to make you walk in that which going to make you conform to what he has destined you to be. It's just like your son. You know, my son, I wanted him to be an NBA basketball player. But he didn't do that. That was my predestination for him. He said, no, dad, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to be a chiropractic doctor. So he went to med school and got his doctor's degree and, and he's doing good. Thank the Lord. He also predestined. And look what he predestined. God predestined what? He predestined that we, that, uh, excuse me, he also predestined to be conformed. What he predestined is, that is, your, is your conformity. He predestined, he knew you beforehand, and he predestined that you conform to what he wanted. That you be conformed to the image of his son. That's our destination, my friend. And it's up to you and me, will you conform with it? Will you conform, be conformed with it? This is the heart of God. And he's speaking to each and every one of us. We can't stay where we are, my friends. We have to move forward in conforming to the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is that it, it, it comes with uh, the divine image that he's already placed in there before us. That he's given to us as a mirror to look into. Because as we look into the mirror, then we're looking into the mirror is Christ. And guess what we'll see? We'll see Christ. And uh, see, usually when you look in the mirror, who do you see? Right. But see, the image that you're going to see that's you is Christ. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad I don't see my ugly self when I look in the mirror now. This mirror, I'm going to look in and I'm going to see the glorious Christ. And, and it's going to give me confidence. Man, I definitely want to look like you. Yeah, so I'm going to keep on trying and keep on conforming. Amen? Come on, let's give God some praise in this place. Let us be encouraged. Hallelujah. Come on up. Yes, indeed. I know by the Spirit that this is awesome news for every one of us. So in, instead of uh, me inviting everybody to the altar and we're going to pray, because I know that every one's heart desire is to conform to the image of his son. I know that right here and right now. So what we're going to do is just pray a corporate prayer in honor of your request that's coming from the bottom of your heart. Do you, if you are here today and you want to conform to what God has predestined you to be, then just lift your hands up from right there. Yeah, amen. And just as I thought, it's every one of us in here wants to truly be conformed to the image of the Son. So I want you to pray a prayer quickly over all of us. 